Welcome back to the culture of safety. What's up, Joe? How are you? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Hey, so today we're going to talk about uh, accident investigations. So, of course, in our field, accidents are always one of the worst things that we can have happen. And it's really important for us, for many reasons, to investigate these accidents. Right? Would you? You would agree, of course, right? Of course. I mean, you got to learn <laughs> from why it happened. Too many in our in our career, but. I mean, not just not just to find you know causal causal factors, but we also want to look as far as you know workers' comp. I mean, especially when it's starting to cost the company money, we want to make sure we we get rid of those things. Or sometimes even I've seen it maybe once or twice in my career where I did an accident investigation and we discovered fraud. So obviously, for several reasons, it's important for us to actually do accident investigations. So and then the most important reason is so that that same accident or incident doesn't happen again so that somebody else doesn't get hurt the same way, right? Oh, is that why we do it? That To me, that's... I don't mean, I don't know about you, but to me, that is the most important mm, reason. I don't think so. I think we want to have the same accidents. Hmm. No, I'm just kidding. Of course, <laughs> I agree with you. Uh, so what are the, some of the tools that you, you've used in your career? So we, I think... I've used a lot of tools, but uh, today I think we're going to focus a lot on more like... Um, not so much everything that happens after an accident, but we're going to talk specifically on like a root cause analysis. Right. What root kind of cause analysis, RCA. Yeah. What kind of different RCFA programs or whatever you might call them. <laughs> All those fun RCFA, RCA, whatever you're going to call it. But we're going to talk about that today, right? The different types of those that we've encountered and what we use. And yeah, we'll talk about the different methods. We'll um, talk about the gold standard. Uh, you have, for, for some reason, you love that word, the gold standard. But yeah, like, we'll start there. We'll start with the gold standard. And most, most places that I've ever worked, the ones that they like the most are the, the root cause or the tap root. The gold the, standard. Yeah, the gold standard. You should you should go call them and, and try to get. I should. I, I wonder if we can get them as advertisers. <laughs> yeah, on the advertisement. Taproot, the gold standard. I'm gonna put that as a as right? a uh, commercial <laughs> in the middle. Brought to you by. No. So one of the funny things that I I saw on their website as I I've used it and I think it was kind of interesting is that's kind of their their little you know uh, factoid as you might call it is that the mesquite tree has a tap root, which is the, the bottom root that goes down for both stabilization and water, moisture, and all this other nutrients, can actually go down as deep as 150 feet, which is insane if you think about it. I mean, Is that the picture? That's the tree that they use as a picture on their books and everything? Uh, I believe so, okay. yeah. So I guess that's the whole <clears> idea <throat> is that some problems within a company can go so far, it can go so deep that even if you dug 110 feet, you still wouldn't find it. So Honestly, I feel like, now we can we can debate this a little bit, but uh, the intent of taproot, if used correctly, wait it, wait wait that's uh, that that's your that's the that's the disclaimer right that's there. The disclaimer. If used correctly, look, I mean, we're going to talk about this in this we'll episode, the, right? Yes, but sure. it doesn't matter what incident investigation uh, you do if you don't do it correctly or you don't you don't follow the the steps that you're supposed to or you want it to go a certain way. Oh yeah. Then, then it's you're, like you, any tool. Exactly. If you, you don't can, know how to you use can it. You can misuse it. It can it can be completely misused. However, I believe Taproot and its uh like its sole purpose is to dig deep enough to find the actual systemic issues that most of the time go back to management or go back to uh culture or some something culture. much deeper than PPE procedures or I honestly something I like that. I always tell people that I've yet to do an investigation where culture wasn't one of the biggest factors, one of the deepest factors. And I guess you could say that because it's import important for us to identify those roots. And the reason why, and I'll give you the story, is I had a, um, 
I can't remember. I want to call it a monkey tree. I'm not exactly sure. A the name. monkey tree. It's, I believe it's called a monkey tree. It, it, I'm digging deep into my recesses of arboreal knowledge. Don't hurt your head. Um, but I believe it was called a monkey tree. And what the problem with the monkey tree is, as as the roots go down, it actually starts sprouting up, you know, smaller trees on the side. Mm-hmm. And so I eventually had had this tree in my backyard, and I was trying to get rid of it. And just like this taproot, it went down more than twenty feet. Like I was starting to dig so deep that I couldn't even reach it. And there was still quite a bit of taproot still left. And if you know about trees and stuff like that, what did they like to do? Live. So for <laughs> the longest time, I fought the stupid... As much as I chopped that tree down, as much as I chopped Eventually, down that Eventually, the roots would come back The root the was still trying to sprout. And every, you know, for I think two or three years, I had little sprouts of tree trying to come up. And I was like, like holy cow, this is a really thing. And it kind of made an impression on me. Like, yeah, the, the taproot, quote unquote... If you don't take care of it, we'll keep sprouting up, right? The problem will keep popping Man, look up. look at you. I know, right? Real life. Real uh, life. Comparing it to the analogies used by root cause investigation. Stick, stick around. I'll teach you some things. <laughs> but yeah, I, I believe the, the taproot process or the taproot software is actually really good. I, there are some, of course, there are some things that I don't like. But some of the benefits that I found was obviously finding causal factors, um, being able to move, you know, causal factors and, and you know, um, different events um what we call the snap chart we'll explain that here in a couple of seconds and then the best part is that as the snap chart as you go across you can show how events are related so to me i i know we've had this conversation before but to me that is the main reason that i like taproot that's my main reason is because taproot. you build this horizontal timeline right and then once you lay that out in front of you and you see everything that happened before the incident, everything that happened after the incident that you want to be on there. Right. And then you have all of the facts and, and uh, whatever it might be, witness statement facts or from uh, you going out there, and, yeah, environmental, or, but, yeah. whatever it might be, below that to explain the timeline. Like when you see that laid out like that and you can go through the timeline like that. I think it's one of the greatest tools you can use yes. in an investigation. So if you guys have never used a snap chart, what it is, it's like a, imagine bar bar graph paper, right? It has little squares all over it. And then what you do is you put a square on top and they have slightly different shapes for different uh, events. Reasons. And so at the top you put, you know, the time, the date, and the initial, the initial event, right? So we'll say um, showed up to work. Right, so I showed up to work at um, March fifteenth uh, at six o'clock. Mm-hmm. That'll be my top bar, and then I'll put another box underneath. And anything that's important to that incident, yeah, I can put in there. So, did we have a safety meeting? Yeah. What was the topic? I could put that in there. I could say I got orders from my supervisor. I was told to do this or go here and do that. And then as I'm going throughout, I add more events and add more events and add more events. And under there, I'll put you know, factors that, that come into that. And then as you look across, you'll see this, you know, I guess like a, not, like you said, a giant timeline and then boom, you can kind of see how everything is intertwined. Exactly. And it helps you dig deeper into what is causing these incidents. And a lot of times I feel like, uh, a lot of people don't like to go backwards so much as far as they should. Sometimes I've yeah. seen incidents occur because of like equipment failure, let's say. Right. And sometimes you're only focusing on the day of the incident. The actual day. But really, maybe we need to go back six months ago. Who installed that that equipment initially? What was the PM on that equipment? Who knows? Like it could go, right. it could go back I mean, much oftentimes farther. Oftentimes, that's, that's the things I've seen. Like you said, you know, preventative maintenance. Why haven't we checked it before? Or mm-hmm. what is, 
is this the first time this employee has done this? Has you know has he checked it before and didn't realize it? It opens up a lot of doors and a lot of questions, and you can say, hey, blah 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 blah. And also for me, one of the biggest things that I like to use this taproot for is because I can get the blame off my employees, right? Because you know, as soon as we have an accident, what's the first go to a lot of places do? You're suspended. You're gonna be terminated. You know, people start fearing for their jobs. But when we go through this process, I can say, look, it wasn't your fault. It's because this, 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 these outside factors or this, this, and this. So that's one thing I like about Taproot is by using the snap chart, I can go to my senior management and go, look, this is really what happened. Yeah, did the employee have some fault? Probably, yeah. But it wasn't all his fault. And I can show them, look, these are the steps that we missed or we didn't catch. And this is why we set him up for failure. Yeah. And if you if you approach it in that manner that we set them up for failure, I've... I've gotten at least nine to 10 people out of write-ups. I got two people out of a termination and at least seven or eight people out of suspensions just yeah. by saying, look, we set him up for failure. You can't, you can't blame exactly. the guy. Usually it's really easy to find a reason that the person did it or to assume that they did it for right. a reason. But if you take the time to do what you just did mm-hmm. and go back and look, there, I guarantee you there's a reason. There's a series of events that led to that person making that choice that day. Right. And most of the time it's not just them making that choice for the first time ever and it leading to that situation. It's probably a lot of things that led up to that over right. time. And what's even scarier is oftentimes when I actually do the tap route, I've actually seen other people that have done the same thing. Exactly. And you're like, oh, man, and it's a good catch. You know, hopefully we didn't damage things. Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. But I've had it to where I was able to tell my man- managers, hey, look, we have a huge problem. We need to address it now because obviously we have – multiple vehicles or multiple incidents where we need to change the SOP or whatever it is. But one of the things that I don't like, and I guess this is more towards the back end of Taproot is like you said before, you know, there, there can be a lot of bias, you know, injected into the system. So Mm -hmm. as, as safety professionals, we have to be very careful about, you know, thinking that we know what the cause of the accident was, because if you, and I've seen this with other professionals as, as we're going through the taproot process, you know, the person that I was working with had this idea. Oh, you know what? He was doing this, this, and this. I know it. And, and then so boom, every the tree takes single, right every, it. Single, every single <laughs> thing, it, it goes through and it asks you, was there a process in place? Was this in place? Mm-hmm. Was, you know, and it goes through all the different areas and it goes, you know, if you hit no to each one, it'll kind of, you know, narrow it down and say, yeah. hey, this is what you, where your problem is. And me working with with um with this individual i could see really quickly that because he lacked you know experience or he was very narrow minded that he went right he made everything point that that direction yeah i've i've seen the same thing and luckily for me you know i had told my my manager i told him hey you know what i don't think it's this you know I think that I told him, look, I pulled him to the side. Hey, this guy put a lot of bias into the into the thing, and uh, I just don't feel comfortable blaming, you know, a process. I told him, look, I think, and this kind of ties into one of the things I've done for hierarchical control is the the design. When we end up figuring out what it was, the design of the work, and when we took it to the initial, um, you know, RCFA review. The customer's like, yeah, it's not an employee problem. No, it wasn't, you know, your spotter. It was actually, you know, something else. We want you guys to... Um, dig deeper. Dig, Yeah, exactly. Dig deeper. Do do a better job. So my manager kind of, you know, embarrassed a little bit. I told him, like, look, man, I'm telling you, if you tell her this, 
they're going to be like, wow, that's that's way better. So, of course, a week went by. I put in my stuff and I showed them, okay, look, this is how – this is the real problem was, you know, one employee was responsible for multiple pieces of equipment rather than each operator, you know, essentially making up their own plan for the job site. Once we came up with that and we said, hey, we're going to make it so each individual operator operates his own equipment and he has a plan and they all get together and they talk about the plan and how they're going to interact with each other. That'll prevent any injuries because that forces them to talk. It Each individual is, uh, has their own plan. And we don't have somebody who's operating one piece of equipment telling another piece uh, another piece of equipment what to do. So if I'm operating a front loader, but you're operating a motor grader and you tell me, hey, Joe, I need you to do this, and you don't know how to op- operate a front loader, then, you know, who are you to tell me how to do my job? So if I come to you and say, hey, I'm operating my piece of equipment, I'm going to do a circular pattern, and you're going to work on the outside of it, you know, that works better. And once we brought that to the customer, they're like, wow, you know, they were really impressed and all that other stuff. But the 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 problem is, is if we're not open-minded and we're not following the process, it's really, really easy to get off, off track and go down, you know, on a tangent that gets us to a dead end and doesn't actually solve the problems. Yeah, just kind of like you said, you, you dug up the first five foot of the root, yep. but you're leaving down that extra 15 foot that's going to come back eventually to surface. To surface. So, and of course, time will tell if, if that solution worked well, but I know that it was one of the very few times where when we implemented something, a change in the field, everybody felt good about it. We did a safety the management felt good because they didn't put any extra burden, you know, as far as work wise. And the employees were on board because they're they're like, yeah, I think I should be in charge of my own piece of equipment. So they were all on board. So it was probably one of the most successful accident investigations that I have actually done. And once again, Taproot was one of the main pieces of uh, uh, <laughs> the gold standard. The gold standard. Brought to you by. <laughs> Brought to you by. So let's get off Taproot for a second. What are some other. Uh, types of investigations that you've dealt with or seen that you think are maybe effective, not so effective? What else you got? Well, we have 5Y, right? That's pretty much, if if you think about it, you ask why five times. And in reality, you're supposed to have five major whys, and then each why is broken down further, but we'll talk more about that. Um, I've also used um, Fishbone. Fishbone's a really good one that I've used uh, probably once or twice before. Uh, there's probably other ones. There's, uh, I've seen one called FMEA. Um, there's a couple of other smaller ones that just kind of more towards the PSM side of, of the safety. There's a lot of ones that have Y in the name. Y tree, Y analysis. A lot of them have tree in there too. A lot of them have tree, I guess. Well, it's because when you're breaking things down. Yeah, it starts it to look like a tree. Right, like it has the tree, branches and the I smaller guess. areas. But. Yeah, you're branching off into all these different areas or subjects. Yeah, I like, for me personally, what I usually do is I usually use a combination. Yeah. I, I usually use Taproot. I use a snap chart. Like I said, that's probably one of the best ways to chronologically put everything in in there. And then I usually put in some Y, five Ys, and then on a fishbone. So my five Y comes off of the fishbone, and fishbone uses, it uses six different factors. So the, the mnemonic they teach you is called top set. Mm-hmm. And it stands for technology, organization, people, any type of similar events, the environment, and time. And so those are like, I guess you could say six Y, I guess you will. But for the most part, usually similar events and time, I put I tie them together. 
So my five why consists of those. Hey, did we have the technology? Was the technology not working? Or or where where in that five why will technology come in? And then obviously organization. Did we know about the problem before? Is it a cultural problem? Was it a problem with, you know, the way the SOP was written? Whatever cultural or organization problems are going to go in there. Then we have people. Was the person trained properly? Were they awake? Were they distracted? Um, human error plays a big part into the people portion. Similar events in time, obviously, you know, usually, like I said, I'll use a snap chart for my actual time. So if I, we had similar events or close calls or, or near misses, I'll look up that data and see if I can tie anything that, that had, would, had similar style problems. And then of obviously environment, was it too muddy, cold, windy, whatever, whatever other environmental factors may take place. And those are all in your fishbone in the top set. Those are in my my fishbone top set slash five Y. So yeah. you're slash taproot. So you're creating a slash, horizontal timeline. So yeah, create a horizontal timeline. You're using that to help identify some of the events that may have led to the incident occurring. Right. And you take those events down to a five Y or to a fishbone. It's like a fishbone. It's like a fishbone slash five Y. So yeah, the fishbone will each have those those little events, and then obviously. So you it, look at that event and you say like, did technology play a part in this? Did yeah. the environment play a part in right. this? Did this play a part in this? And then if I this? go, yeah, why? Why are we working in muddy conditions, right? So those those will bring it down to a 5 wide level. Obviously, I like I'm, it, dude. You should call it like Joe's Investigation. Um, it. Well, I, I, I've mentioned this before. So rather than getting a professional engineering degree, maybe you should get a <laughs> software engineering degree. Right? You still call yourself an engineer. Apparently, that's the only thing you care about. And you can make this proprietary information and we can make millions i mean i got a software engineer already that can do oh, that stuff yeah, for you us. just got a guy for everything don't you you're like the mafia <laughs> the mafia I got a guy for that what about uh some downfalls of investigation so we kind of talked about coming in with a bias right or a narrow mind view i don't think it matters what investigation you're doing that's going to probably think, affect the outcome i think that's definitely something that i have to be very conscious of because often oftentimes you may think something initially. Oh well, it's hard not to sometimes. It is. It is. I, I'll give you. I'll give you a perfect example. So check this out. We had an individual who came to work. He was witnessed fine. He went to go um, help an operator grab a piece of equipment, and he's driving down this road. All of a sudden, he runs into the back of the equipment. Mm -hmm. Right. So obviously, first thing, he fell asleep. Or he wasn't paying attention. One of the big things, one of the big questions was, was, he, on his, was he on his cell phone? Cell phone. That, of course, that's the one thing everybody went to. And so obviously it's hard for me to, to open my mind. It's like, you know what? Okay, hold on. Let me, let me look at this the proper way. Because like I said, I, I had that initial, oh, he's probably on his cell phone. So I just kind of just talked to him, you know, just one-on-one. -on -one. Hey, so what happened? Tell me, start the morning, right? Taproot one-on-one. What happened in the morning? Tell me, what time did you wake up? I think it was like 3 o'clock in the morning. 3 o'clock in the morning, is that normal? Yeah, that's a normal time for me. Did you sleep great the morning before? Yeah, because I believe it was a Monday. Okay, so let me, you know, we, walk, we literally walk through his daily routine. So every day he wakes up at the same time, goes to bed at the same time, wakes up, and he has a little routine. He goes to like a, a gas station and gets a breakfast, energy drink, all this other stuff. The one thing that that kind of stuck out to me was, I was like, okay, so what'd you have for breakfast? He goes, I didn't really have anything. I'm like, okay, what'd you have? Oh, well, I had an energy drink. Okay, cool. So Breakfast of champions. Yeah, breakfast of champions. Breakfast of oil field workers. <laughs> Amen to that. Anyway, so 
so as we're going on, we're we're talking about his day. Okay, what's how quick did you finish it? When and he's figured, okay, well, if I picked it up here, I started drinking it at the gas station, and I finished it by the time I got to work. So it took me about forty five minutes approximately to drink it. Okay, da 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 da. Shows up to work. I talked to the supervisor later down the road, and he goes, no, he was fine. There was nothing wrong with him. He didn't look tired. He looked perfectly fine. Which, you know, he showed up to work on an energy drink. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna be perfectly fine. So as he goes across, you know, he goes to pick up the – he dropped the operator off, and he's following the vehicle. Look up the GPS. They're at matching speeds. But obviously at this point in time, you could see that the, the, the front moving equipment slowed down to navigate a pothole, but the truck that was following the, t- the trail vehicle wasn't. So literally from the time span of like one to four seconds – the employee probably nodded off. We'll talk about that here in a second, and wasn't paying attention and rear-ended the rear-ended the vehicle. So I'm like, okay. I'm like, oh, well, I'm. Th- I know that blood sugar plays a huge factor, and then, but the one thing that kept sticking out was the energy drink, right? So could he have been on his phone? Yeah, he's like, Joe, I was on my phone. I promise. Look, he looked through my phone, and I mean, of course, he could have deleted all the data and all this other stuff, but. You know, I just I didn't get a feeling from him. He wasn't too worried about like, oh, I was on my cell phone. He's just I don't know what happened. So of course I did research on you know caffeine and and goes back into the. I was actually taking a toxicology class, an advanced toxicology class. So it kind of was it was right in my wheelhouse. I was like, perfect. I'm actually learning just about this. And he talks about you know how caffeine's processed in the system and how long it lasts in the body. And so looking at the timeline, it. I literally almost was point to the point where we could almost pinpoint when he had a sugar crash, kind of nodded off at the wheel, three to four seconds, ran into the back of the vehicle. And so that was the defining moment. Like, wow, it's... it's Seems like a stretch to me. I mean, not really. If you look <laughs> at the data, and I, I could actually show it to you, I actually have the, the presentation. But yeah, it's it was really it was really hard for me to like, okay, well, it's really simple. You were on your cell phone. But looking, like I said, we look at the toxicology on caffeine and the timeline that he was explaining using that snap chart, it, it worked out almost perfectly like in line. I was like, wow, yeah. You know, micro sleep, you, you nod off for anywhere between four to six seconds. Four seconds traveling, you know, 12 miles an hour, you're going 180 feet, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, so he literally traveled like 170 feet, if I'm remembering, remembering correctly, before he realized that he was nodding off, and that's when he ran into the vehicle, right? Because the GPS said he was he didn't even break; he just straight ran into it. Dang. Yeah. So, and that was the big question: like, well, if you're on your cell phone, you you should be able to at least see. Oh, crap! There's a big big vehicle. Slam on the red. Yeah, and slam on the brakes. Right. So that that was the big that was the big indicator. It was like, yeah, but he didn't hit his brakes. If if he had seen it or even like started to tap it, he would have hit the brakes immediately. But he didn't. He hit it and kind of swerved off. And that's when he was like, oh, crap, what happened? He was coming back. He was becoming more more conscious of what was going on. So, yeah, stuff like that, it took me It took me some time, of course. But using using the, the fishbone, why, 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 this, 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 and then using my taproot as my timeline, it, it, it just worked out perfectly. But like you said, if I had been focused on the f- cell phone, I could have easily made it look like it was a cell phone. Yeah, you can make it go the I direction can, that you want. It I to can go. make it go whichever way I want. So I think that's it's really important for people who do accident investigations don't do it on their own. This is one of those things where education trumps experience. 
because even though you have experience, like this gentleman, like I said, the, the gentleman that was, I was working with, he had a lot of experience, but even he was able, he was unable to get away from his biases. And so education is going to teach you not to have bias? Well, see, it doesn't, but it teaches you when you're thinking in a biased manner. Hmm, that's mm-hmm. weird, because I've learned that through experience. Oh, sweet Lord. <laughs> you're just making things up now, okay? Sounds like you're making things up. I am making things up. That, that, whole, that whole situation never even happened. <laughs> never I even made you, that up as, we, as you were talking. That's, that's the thing they teach you in school is how to <laughs> lie very well, how to make it sound super convincing. I like it. Yes. Um, one thing I was going to ask you, because it kind of related to your story, was we don't have to get into it too much because it's not quite the topic, but how important is data collection and witness statements and that stuff before you start the investigation to have a proper investigation? Um, I, I honestly, I can't really say it's either or cause I've, I've gotten, I've gotten initial witness statements and then later down the road, they remember something. So mm, all of a sudden, well, it's, it's not so much all of a sudden. It's just because I'm asking different questions and they've had more time to think about it. But I do think time is a factor. One what thing, about surveying the job site and checking, like, what about all those things, like, not just witness statements, the other things you do when you when you go to a job? Well, so, like, when I show up incident. after an accident, I take measurements of, you know, the vehicles where they're placed and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I like, I always tell people, and I, I always stress this enough because when I've worked in previous companies, I worked in different departments, and typically I had Mondays off. And guess when, when accidents would happen? <laughs> On my Mondays off. And I always tell, I always made the joke is, man, I should never take a day off because every time I take a day off or if it's a, no, a normal day off, that's when accidents happen on my day off. And that's what I tell them. Look, so you can tell I'm doing my job. Why? Because my accidents only happen on my day off. <laughs> and so I always tell people, I told my coworkers, always take good quality pictures. Take pictures of God, everything. So important. No matter what, even if it's the stupid, take it from far, take it from close, take it from different angles. Exactly. I expect at least 40 to 50 pictures. If I'm not there, 40 to 50 pictures. That's what I wanted to get to is one of the points I wanted to get to is take, like you said, take pictures of everything, take it from different angles. Step, yeah, you're going to have to walk a little bit. Walk off the location or wherever you're at. Walk down the road. Take pictures from far away. Take pictures from close up. Because when you're going through the investigation, a lot of times you start to identify things that you might not have thought about the day of. Right. And then you're going to be like, oh, man, let me see if there's let a picture of that. Let me see if I got a picture of that. Right. And then if you don't have a picture of it, guess what? Now it might be a week later, and it's too late to get a picture of exactly. that. Exactly. That's one thing that it's really important, especially if it has to do with like equipment or, or vehicles or processes, is because anything. that's time your of day. golden time. That's your golden hour to mm-hmm. take, not maybe not hour, but the golden time to take pictures. Because once you say, okay, I'm letting you guys go back to work because whatever the problem was, we solved it or or whatever the issue was, you guys are going back to work. They're going to destroy your job site. Yep. They're going to put feet prints and move stuff. And that's that's one problem I've had in the past is employees trying to hide stuff, right? And I've always told my employees, if you hit something or break something or run into just stop. And they go, Why? You know, I understand you're trying to hide stuff and try to hide your your accident or whatever, but by moving equipment, you're adding to your guilt. First of all, second of all, it's harder for me to recreate what happened, and then third of all, I'm I'm a safety guy. My job is to protect your job, 
right? I want you to work because like we talked about before, if I get you fired or you get terminated, you've already learned that lesson. Now I have somebody who can say, and I can take up in front of everybody and say, hey, show, tell them about the lesson you learned, right? They can learn firsthand hand account why we shouldn't do X, Y, Z. But if you get rid of the guy, now I get some brand new person who's never dealt with this before, and now I have the same situation, right? I've or gotten a worse rid of, one. <laughs> right? Or a worse one. So for me, I tell my employees, don't move anything. If you hit stuff, I don't care. Whatever it is, stop, turn off your equipment, whatever, leave it as it is. So when I can come in, I can take pictures, and then I can figure out how to blame something else and say, hey, we failed you through this process, right? Because most of the time, does human error happen? Yes. But if you know the Swiss cheese model, mm -hmm. you know that it's never just human error. Yeah. It's always there's multiple safeguards. Culture that and this and this and this and that. There's like six or seven, you know, like you said, safeguards that goes right through. I'd rather blame the safeguards and say, oh yeah, did he? Should he have? Yeah, good. Could he? Yeah, yeah. The employee had some fault, but if we hadn't put him in that position, he wouldn't have made that error. And that way, I can. Keep your job. You're happy. I look good because I obviously kept, you know, I just bought an employee who now can go, man, I really appreciate Joe keep helping me keep my job. Well, yeah, because that, that's part of my job is to keep you safe and keep you working. So it's important for us to take as many pictures and try to recreate exactly what happened because sometimes employees will. Employees will feel guilty or scared like, oh, I forgot this process. And and it kind of goes back to that first, that first one, that first incident I told you about where they had blown the top off a tank, right? Mm -hmm. And I had asked the guy, did you did you look at the paperwork from before? Well, no. Obviously, bad accident investigation. He just blamed them. He fired them. Cool, now you have a whole bunch of new guys. They're still following the same process, not doing hot works. And once you put them in, in a, a situation where they're going to have LELs inside of a tank, they're probably going to blow up another one. Hopefully this time not hurt anybody, so... It's important. It really is. And like I said, unfortunately, I've had a couple of times where I've had employees get hurt, quote unquote hurt, and they were, you know, accidents at home, or we even had a guy who uh, who tried to commit fraud, essentially. He said he hurt his back, and it was really suspicious, you know, the things that he was telling us, and blah, 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 blah. And uh, I actually talked to my manager, and we actually uh, they ended up hiring, hiring a, a private eye. And it, it's literally like the 1990s where they went to his house and they took pictures of him exercising and lifting heavy things, and it was just bad. So Oh, he, like, wasn't even hurt. It, yeah. It was, like, the whole workers' <clears throat> comp fraud type deal. And I thought he got hurt somewhere else and then tried to play it off. No, no, no. Hurt. Yeah, he, he was one of those, like, like, those guys when you, like, get in a car accident and he starts rubbing his neck kind of deal. Like, back in the, like, early 2000s, 1990s kind of. Thing. It was, it was, it ended up really being bad for him. He ended up doing some jail time, but that's one of the reasons why we do accident investigations. So if your company's not doing it, it's really important to learn how to do accident investigation. You don't have to go in a class, but take, pick up a book. There's a ton of books that'll oh, teach so you. So many you. books. Um, I guess we can go kind of maybe go back a little bit to the taproot. That's another thing that I didn't like about taproot is that you have to take a bunch of classes before you can even purchase. The program. Well, they're, they're teaching you how to use the program. It's not well, a bunch of classes. Well, it's right. One, it's, it's like one, one class, class, but it's for one person. It's like 1500 bucks or something like that. 
Don't I mean, quote me on that, but I know it's 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 a pretty penny, right? Mm-hmm. And so if you have a large company, you're not going to entrust only one person. Right? Listen, everything of quality costs money, so it's a good quality product. So wait, because nobody's buying this this uh, podcast, does that mean it's no quality? Like, I mean, low quality or we what? haven't even tried yet. But <laughs> well, I mean, t- like, start with Taproot. Apparently, they're the gold standard. So go call them up. <laughs> We're gonna call them up and say, "Hey, listen to episode hey, let, about episode RCAs. three, and then give us a call back when you guys are ready to. Give we us will our... definitely uh, put you as an advertisement in here yes. if you want us to. So yeah, Mark parodies. <laughs> I mean. Truthfully, yeah, I believe I believe Taproot, at least as far as the Snapchat, I, I love it. Would I spend the money? Yeah, I guess if you've never if you've never dealt with it before and you don't know how, you don't have any kind of workaround, I, I think it would be a good investment at least to send somebody there. Yeah. Now to buy the per now purchase the software on I a daily basis, that's up to you and your company, yeah. you know, to do. But definitely go through some type of some classes. I mean, obviously you can go online and, and read about five whys and fish bones and all these different techniques, but um, I would I would definitely suggest I would definitely suggest that somebody at least take everybody in your in your safety department take that class because you need to have you I've never conducted an, an accident investigation by myself no. I've always had either another safety professional or I get the supervisors and the managers and the employees involved I get as many people involved as as I can because I only have one set of eyes if I have more people come and tell me. The experiences they've had, or or even better, my favorite ones are the seasoned guys. Those are the guys I'm like, oh yeah, we we told them about this six months ago. Boom, culture, <laughs> cultural problem right there. And like I said, I've 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 yet to run into an accident investigation where culture wasn't a huge factor, where somebody hadn't suggested x x many times before. Hey, we need to change this process, but they're like. Uh, well, it's going to cost us money, and we're going to have to do this. We're going to have to do extra work, and we have to put a burden on both the safety team and the managers, and everybody's going to come together. And once again, it's the culture. Well, we decided we're not going to do that because it's not costing us any money. It's not an issue now. Well, we just we just spent $80,000 replacing a heavy a piece of a heavy equipment. Might be the time to, to change make that change now. Yeah, spend money ahead of time. Save money spending it ahead of time. Unfortunately, you got to spend some money. Right. But in the end, should co- it should save you money. It should save run. you. And once again, that's why I'm trying to go to school for my MBA so I can I can reach that and say, hey, the reason why we need to change this is because if we had this accident, it's going to cost us X amount of dollars, and it's only going to cost us this amount of dollars to get this implemented. So, you know, one thing that we talk about as the ASSP – we have uh, meetings all over the place, and one of the meetings that I've been into, one of the emplo- uh, one of the speakers was actually making that reference where, yeah, we're all safety people, yeah, we're all safety educated and safety minded, but who makes the decisions? The CEO, the CEO, the vice CEO, president, the chief, president, whatever it might be. The decision makers care about one thing, the bottom line, and it's expressing those bottom lines expressing how safety is going to affect that bottom line and how it's going to save money over time. That's the important thing. And showing them thorough accident investigations, that's the key. That's the key to helping everybody understand, oh, yeah, we had an accident that cost the company X amount of dollars by putting this $3,000 process, right, because of the hours worked and whatever, we're going to potentially save the company $80,000 every three years or whatever, whatever the accident rate for that particular process is. 
Yeah, and then being able to show them not only the direct cro- cost, but the indirect cost from an accident, the man hours that go into the, the investigation, hours, the man hours the that go pulling people in, the witness statements, all that stuff. It's a lot of pulling, money when you yeah, add it all pulling together. safety people off the field to go to medical visits. You know, I know you've you've dealt with that before, where you have to pull out a safety guy to go take them to a medical facility for a follow up. Oh you yeah. Know, that tooth, and you know those medical facilities, just like regular doctors' offices, oh it takes gosh, three man. to four hours just you're to sitting get there seen. For hours. And you're just like, oh god, shoot me, and that's that's the thing that a lot of the CEOs don't don't see. They might see the like original bill, like this, how much it costs for this thing to happen. But if you actually go and take right. a look and at like, all, well, we had to of pay him for costs. those hours. Exactly. We had to pay a guy to be there for those hours, plus the drive time, plus the gas. Yeah, Plus I mean, the production, the production cost. Yeah, everything. You got to you got to look at it all, and then say this is how much it actually costs you. Yeah. And now now look at now look at this thing that we're trying to do to prevent this from happening. It costs half that much. It costs quarter that it much. It costs way less, and uh, and it's going to prevent this this from going on. And and that's where I show my my taproot. Look, this is this is our problem. This is where we need to fix it, and this is how much it's going to cost. So, it's I I believe you know of course I believe that. Anybody can do accident investigations. I do. But I believe that some type of training should occur. And you should never, even if you're brand new, you should never do it by yourself. You should have somebody helping you. Even if you're experienced. Even if, you, I, you, I would I would t- completely agree with that. Even yeah. if you are experienced, ask somebody else. I mean, especially if you have colleagues in the field, ask them. Ask them if you're not a subject matter expert, right? When I first started doing accident investigations on heavy equipment, I I, I'll be honest with you, I didn't know a whole lot. I knew, you know, traffic and stuff like that, but the inner workings of these pieces of equipment, no idea. It wasn't until I actually got the experience of jumping in them and working them personally, I was like, oh, okay, it's a, it's a different, it's a different world, and it's, and it's a different mentality. So having those people help you out is really, really important, and just keep your mind open. Don't sit there and focus on, well, I know it is, I know it's this, I know I, it, I have a gut. I always hear that. That's a gut feeling. Yeah, well, there's a reason why your gut feeling isn't always right. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. Those are, those are definitely some good tips. Be open-minded. Always ask for other people to be in the investigation with you. Use multiple tools. Get some kind of training. Get some kind of training using different... I mean, it doesn't have to be taproot, but... <laughs> it doesn't have to be. It there's have to so be many expensive. trainings can, out there. Can, like yeah. I said, you can buy books. You can take online classes. Of course. You, you can even have a mentor. Hey, you know what? You know, I don't know about this type of stuff, and you have a friend or a colleague that works in there... Call him up or call her up. Hey, I'm having a problem with chemicals. I don't know anything about it. Oh, actually, I'm an expert in that. Let me help you out. Yeah, I'll be honest. Like, uh, I learned Taproot. I know you've called me multiple times. Get out of here, dude. I learned Taproot was one of the first investigation processes that I learned. And then I learned some 5Y and stuff like that. But honestly, up until a few years ago, I had never even heard of Fishbone. And another guy that came came to work with me, He's like, oh, you don't do like that's the one he knew. Yeah, and I was like, oh, let like show me, like I want to learn this because maybe there's some things I can take from it, kind of mm-hmm. like you did, right? To make whatever my investigation is going to be, right. make it better. make it your process. I think, I mean, we can talk about this maybe in another later episode and like leadership and stuff like that. But one thing that I've I've had a problem with people is, especially in the safety industries, we don't have any original ideas. Right, we don't come in and go. Oh well, this is how I do these things. Everybody just follows what everybody else has done, you know. Well, I'm under Matt. This is what Matt did, so I'm gonna do what Matt did. Right? They don't have, they don't think for themselves. They don't go, hmm, maybe Matt didn't know what he was doing. I mean, of course you do, but you hmm. know, oftentimes, Debatable. 
<laughs> oftentimes people just I always call it the monkey see monkey do right. You and monkeys this episode, dude. What's going on? I like monkeys, <laughs> monkey trees. But it's it's the truth, you know. If oh, I, I I've never agree with that. If I've never done an accident investigation, I, I'm just gonna go. Well, what what did Matt do? Matt did this, okay. And I'm gonna try to do my best rendition of what Matt did. Yep. You're gonna learn from the person that is leading the investigation. That's what. That's how you're gonna do it the next time. Yeah, that's how you're gonna do it. And if if there's huge giant holes in there, guess what? There's gonna be huge giant holes in your investigation. You're not gonna fix your tap root. So, if you're having multiple problems, show show its ugly head. Obviously, you're not doing a thorough job, and you might want to get some help. Yeah, I for, for, for sure agree with that. Don't 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 email us at the cult the culture of safety at gmail for for accident investigation help. I mean, if you want to <laughs> use us as consulting, I mean, services. I, I do have a consulting uh, business. So if you if you really want the help, I mean, so, I like money. All, all of a sudden, you're changing your tune, huh? <laughs> well, I mean. We put some dollar dollar signs behind it, but I mean, maybe not free help, maybe a little bit of free help, but if but yeah, we can guide you the right direction. You do have a consulting service, sure. But yeah, give us give us a a shout out. Let us know some different techniques that you guys use. Do you guys like taproot? Yes, no. Is there other processes that we didn't cover? Because I know, like we talked about a little bit about you know fault tree FMEA. Mm-hmm. There's many other different types of. I think uh, I mentioned to you that like scat is one. Yeah, scat's of. one. I mean, I'm sure there's probably at least five or six more that I, I probably remember like very vaguely re- using. But, you know, everybody has their own way of doing things. I know every company has their own specific way of doing accident investigations. So. And honestly, I feel like maybe like me and you, we're pretty local. I know you've traveled around a little bit. Oh, who knows? Maybe that. like maybe in a different industry that we've never worked in yeah. or something. There's something else that they use that we don't even know about. Like I know Taproot is used in nuclear. It's used in like a lot of right. other industries. But I don't know. Maybe there's something else out well, there. Well, it's like like I think it was a five Y was created by like Motorola or something like that. Oh, a lot really? Of these, yeah, I believe so. That's um, pretty cool. Yeah. So it's like like Kaizen and yeah. and Six Sigma and all that. All those big big names. But yeah, just let us know. Give us an email. Shout out. Hey Joe, you don't know what the hell you're talking about? Which is typical. Um, let us know what you guys use. Let us know what what you think works the best. Do you guys use a different blend? What are your experiences? How did, how did you guys have those epiphanies like I did? Like, oh, wow, this actually works. And this is why I use this type of thing because I had this incident. Let us know. And then on top of that, uh, just a little teaser for some future Ooh. episodes. I think we're going to kind of go into some other things that really relate to this, like hierarchy of controls. Hierarchy of controls. Utilizing that in your incident investigation. Leadership. So I think the next a few episodes that are coming out uh, up in the next few weeks are they're going to really all tie in together around uh, a lot of that stuff has to do with accident investigation. So it really does, and I think uh, I would stay tuned definitely for the next couple of weeks because we have uh, eventually we're going to talk about culture, and like I already said, culture is a huge factor in accident investigation. And once you learn how to manage your culture, a lot of the accidents will tend to go away, or you'll catch them as near misses before they become actual accidents. I would say, unfortunately, our profession was invented because of incidents. Yeah, I mean, that's... If people didn't get hurt, we would have, we wouldn't, we would never have a job. We wouldn't, this wouldn't exist. Right, it's, it's, it all starts back almost a little over 100 years ago when, you know, obviously the ASSE first started. It was all because of a couple of fires in workplaces. You know, one of the big things that I learned in, in the fire... Uh, my fire education was the triangle shirtwaist fire. Yeah, the triangle. And I swear, I it, it never did I ever realize that one incident that I covered when I was in like just out of high school, I would see multiple, multiple times. 
and that really was one of the biggest you know incidents for the development of our 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 you know occupation really yeah is because people were dying at work and people were like that's not fair and not just that but obviously msha is a huge one too msha was actually developed before osha so yeah it's i i believe that accident investigations are probably the primary source of why we're here yeah. Because people were like, oh. Now, I mean, now we try to focus on stuff to prevent them from ever happening, but. Right, because it does affect the bottom line. And yeah. not just that, but workers comp, right? If you have too many accidents, your ex-mod goes, sh- goes sky high and so do your premiums. And again, you don't want people getting hurt, Joe. I like well, of course. I've, <laughs> sir, I am an EMT. I still am currently licensed. Of course, I don't want people to get hurt. All right. I just want to make sure that we're clear there. Guys, tune in to next week. We're going to be talking about auditing. Thanks, everybody. You guys have a good night.